From the nostalgic haze of the 2000s, many films are idealized, their flaws lost to time. In an all-but-forgotten DVD store, two dedicated employees seek truth in these rose-tinted films. They are James and Alex. These are their reviews. <laughs> Ten years, and not a single guy has ever stepped into this DVD house. I mean, look, let's be honest, it's, uh, it's a 24-hour one. So, we've got the times for it, but we don't really have the, uh, the customers. I feel, like, uh, I feel like we're long overdue for a, uh, for a new movie drop. So, what's the time right now? It's, uh, it's getting pretty close to three. As I said, it is 24 hours, so we're going to be here for a, a long time. But, uh, I don't know, what are we, what are we thinking is going to drop through today? Well, our mystery return man, you know, he's dropped so many things through that shoot. You know, he's dropped Casablanca... He's dropped Citizen Kane. He's dropped Kong. He's dropped Kong Skull Island. He's dropped other Kongs. King Kong, the Peter Jackson one as well. Or was that just Kong? They all blend into one. All of the, the big old big old monkey movies. I think they all have the Empire State Building except Skull Island. And I think Skull Island was metaphorical of the Empire State Building. I think when I saw John Goodman, he looks like the Empire State Building in that movie. John that man Goodman is built. J- John Goodman is an American icon on the same level as the Empire State Building, if I'm being honest, um, in both respect and the way he conducts lightning from the sky. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly what the fuck. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel like we're we're getting a little bit of. <laughs> All right, there's a. Uh, regardless, we're gonna have a drop pretty soon. And, uh, hey, what the hell was that noise? Clunk! <laughs> Whoa, that's, uh, you know what that sound is. That's the, uh, that's the movie drop sound. And, uh, it looks like the mystery man has returned. And with uh, yet another masterpiece, what do, what do we got there for us, James? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, God. This is incredible. This is perhaps the greatest film I've ever seen drop through this shoot. It surpasses all others. It is an American icon. It is an Australian icon. It is an English icon. It is Tim Allen's. Uh, oh, wait. The Shaggy Dog. Tim Allen? The Tim Allen? The Tim Allen. Of of Zoom fame. Of Santa Claus fame. Of Santa Claus 2 fame? Of Santa Claus 3 fame. The Escape Clause fame. Yes. Hey, cool. All right. Well, with that in mind... <laughs> uh. Well, okay, look, I'll be honest, I, I am so excited to see this movie. Uh, when, alright, when the hell, when, when did that even come out? It was 2006, I think, yeah? 2006, you know, smack bang of the decade. Just, you know, the 2000s, in general, were a rich, diverse swamp of talent. Mm. It was a real, a real quagmire of, uh, of stardom, is, is what I'd call it. And Tim Allen was the swamp dragon that, <laughs> lay, that lay there hoarding his movie talent for all to enjoy. Exactly. I mean, if there's one, thing that I'd, if there's one word that I'd use to describe Tim Allen, it's a uh, horrendous Republican. swamp dragon. Uh, 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 what? Horrendous dragon. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay, good. Uh, so, 2006, uh, the turn of the century, obviously. Um, Wow, I Will Smith's uh, album uh, "Millennium" dropped that year. In the in the millennium, that was the new millennium. Well, it was seven years earlier, but that year, "Millennium" dropped. It's just it's it can't be a coincidence at this point. My God, 
all fates converged on 2006. And and yet here we are, uh, 13 years later, we haven't seen the movie yet. I mean, we haven't seen it for, for, for Yonkers, I think is the is the technical term for it. I don't believe it is. But indeed, I have not seen this film in many, many years. Um, and I think it's fascinating looking back at it, considering that if you remember the film, you can remember that the main villain of the film is Robert Downey Jr., which now we're at the end of the Infinity Saga of the MCU. It's just it's just baffling how he took such a step down to go to the MCU. It's you know when you're when you're such an accomplished actor as Robert Downey Jr. I mean, being in things like The Shaggy Dog and um, being such an accomplished actor, it's really important that you kind of help out the smaller the smaller businesses, you know? Like the sm- like Marvel, it was struggling at the time with um, The Incredible Hulk, I think, came out that year. Yes, and The boy, Incredible oh boy, Hulk. That was, a, that was a flop. And so, you know what he thought to himself? How dare you? The, sh- the Shaggy Dog came out and he was riding hot off the heels of it. And he thought to himself, you know what? I'm going to go save yet another franchise. Not that the Shaggy Dog needed to be saved. No, sir. Tim Allen was there. Despite being on its third reboot. Yeah, exactly. Overall, 50s, 80s, 80s mid-2000s, also known as the noughties mm. for you fellows. You know, even though it was on its third remake, it really didn't need any help. But Robert Downey Jr. was kind enough to lend Disney his, his hands, his paws, and his heart to give it all he had and make... A masterpiece. And just like that, he'll never work again. So that's a damn shame. But uh, at least he, he started with the shaggy dog and he kind of just, as we said, he kind of went downhill. But I just want to clarify as well. I, I've, seen, I've seen the back of this DVD. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of taglines in my time, being a, being a devout DVD worker myself. An aficionado of slogans, in fact. You did your PhD on DVD slogans, as I recall. Exactly. Or a tag, tag linear. As, uh, as, as it were, or taglines for you uh, uncultured folk. And uh, I'd just like to read this one here for you. The Shaggy Dog, Raise the Woof. I believe it would be pronounced Raise the Woof, as it sounds like roof, because no one says woof, roof. That's dumb. But see, here's, here's the problem, okay? I, I love this movie. I really do. But when you, when you say... Raised because right the words woof that's that's at least how I'd pronounce it yes and I feel like if you're in America you also say woof don't you I don't know I'm not from America now I would probably say hello because I'm a human and not a dog well with that in mind uh, I feel like the tagline then fails on multiple levels as not only would humans never say something like that but a talking dog would also never pronounce it like that well, that's so, true they- so. Realistically, I guess it's the only true failure of the film is the tagline. Yeah, and so thankfully, whoever that was, absolutely got fired. They've uh, they've been beheaded by uh, by Tim Allen himself. I think probably with the script for his next Santa Claus film, which ended up also getting the axe. So, which could be done as the film contained lots of razor sharp wit. <laughs> wow, zing! That's uh, that's one right there. And all right, now lastly as well. Uh, I do want to clarify, Tim Allen, he's had a he's had a pretty like I'm not gonna lie, he Toy Story obviously was a big one, but he's had a pretty successful career both before and after the what why are you making that noise? Well, you know I would say that perhaps that the Shaggy Dog was the last 
live-action Tim Allen film of any note. What, the final bastion of his of his career? Uh, this is his... What, what do you mean by the final? I mean, there, he's, he's done other movies, though. Like, he's done stuff after 2006. He's yeah, still but, alive. But off the top of your head, can, can you think of any of them? Uh, well, I mean, the Santa Claus 3 came out, like, a couple of months after. But did it? Uh, uh, yeah, and it was, like, it was, like, crazy on the outside. It was that, it was a comedy movie from, like, 2009, 10? I don't know. That was there. I don't remember any of these films. So, I believe my point kind of still stands, unless you've got any other... The Six Wives of Henry LeFay? Who, who's Henry LeFay? Uh, El, El Camino... Hang on, El Camino Christmas was pretty good. I never heard El Camino Christmas. I might be in the wrong here. El Camino Christmas might be a public holiday in other parts of the world, but to me, Tim Allen ha- is is a figure of the past. He is the gatekeeper to the golden treasures of the past. If the conquistadors had travelled to South America and had found Tim Allen, they would have been satisfied that he is their city of gold. <laughs> Sorry, I just took a sip of water as soon as he went on this. He went on this horrific tangent. I just, all right, for a second here, I actually just want to clarify. There is a. I've scrolled down to the bottom of his of his little you know Google movies thing. Yeah. Um. There's a movie here which is just called Chimpanzee. All right. The movie, all it is, is just a photo of an incredibly close up chimpanzee. I kind of don't want to put any more research into it though. I I just like to think, Tim Allen, chimpanzee. It's just. The two words are synonymous by this. Day. I feel like with chimpanzee, they kind of set a camera up on Tim Allen and just watched him go at it, day to day life, and they sat down in front of the executives and and were like, "Okay, this is Tim Allen. What kind of animal does he represent? This man is an animal, but which one? You know, they had those kind of cardboard kind of cards as pig, tortoise, mm. hare, jackal." All those cardboard cards that everyone has in their back pockets. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just, and, I'm sorry, I just wanted to clarify. And yeah. an executive goes, this one. Now look at it. It's the chimpanzee. Executive, admittedly blind, but still, you know, clairvoyant in his card reading nature. Yeah. He decides, chimpanzee, that's the one. It's the one. And I feel, that's, that's how I'd like to imagine the movie anyway. Mm. Because with the film title of chimpanzee, it's got to be bad. I, I, I would like to say as well, I'm almost certain we started this by, uh, by talking about the shaggy dog. We've already gone six years ahead and a completely different animal. But, uh, so, so uh, but, Realistically, uh, this shows Tim Allen's range. From dog to chimpanzee. He's can correct. you think of any two animals farther apart? That You know what? I honestly could try, but I, for the, I don't think I will. And for now, I couldn't. Think- that you, you, that's completely yeah. I could, I could not. My my one has hooves, the other does not. Which one had what? One of them has. So the Shaggy Dog, as as a film, I would consider fantastic. Yeah, look, uh, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I I remember it, uh, sort of. Admittedly, I saw it the year it came out. Haven't seen it since. But uh, I mean, look, we've got it in front of us. I think uh, I think it's just without a doubt. I think I think it's time. Uh, yeah, it's the Shaggy Dog is really ingrained in the cultural lexicon to the extent that I could probably tell you a lot about the film without having watched it in over thirteen years because it's just this kind of magnum opus of comedy that you know everyone our age, even older, 
younger. It's kind of there. It's in the important parts of their brain. The the stuff that the brain... It's like riding a bike. You never forget how to ride a bike. You never forget the shaggy dog. You never forget the shaggy dog. And I think with that in mind as well, before we uh, before we press play on this movie, we've got a couple of hours to kill. So, uh, you know, the sun's still not even up. But before we press play on this film, I would just like to clarify, you know, in this social... In this, I guess social sphere of 2019 when someone says oh you know so have you seen the shaggy dog you don't really have to say yes or no the answer's kind of already clear you look around you, you just tell them look around you can see the shaggy dog everywhere you see it in you see it in media you see it in in you know media and you see it most importantly but not not completely confined to media yeah you you forgot the most important part oh hang on sorry i apologize media Thank you. Well, with that in mind, we're going to hit the play button, and uh, we'll we'll jump on back in a little bit, and let's see uh, let's see if it's just as beautiful, if not more so, than uh, than culture defines it as. I really, really hate to say it, but the Shaggy Dog is not a good film. My condolences to the filmmakers, honestly. Not all of them, though. One of the main producers was actually Tim Allen, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it shows. Take it's really that- got Tim Allen's mark on it, I'd say. Yeah, take that how you will. But look, all right, there were... there. Were, okay, let's 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 be real. Let's, we'll, we'll go over, over a couple of... Uh, the highlights. Yeah, the highlights. And then, and then we can get into the lowlights and we'll, we'll maybe give a bit of a run-through of the uh, of the film as, as we saw it. I, uh, think, I think we both have the same main golden highlight of the film. That being the man, the myth... The legend, Baxter. Baxter. Obviously, okay. I'm glad that we're on the same uh, we're on the same page there. Now, look, Baxter. For those of you who don't know, um, if you've somehow been living under a, the largest rock known to man and haven't seen the Shaggy Dog, uh, like we hadn't for the last 13 years, Baxter is the name of the neighbor. I'm pretty sure. If it's not Baxter, I'm I'm gonna be sad. But it I'm, is, pretty it, sure. I'm pretty sure it's Baxter. All right. So we've we've got a fairly large chance that it's gonna be Baxter, and with that in mind. Baxter is the name of Tim Allen's neighbor in this movie. Now, in in every single film, especially ones that are kind of, you know, Disney-inspired, ones that are kind of made for kids and stuff, there's always going to be an arc, you know, a bit of a hero's arc, obviously. You've got, you know, the, the selfish the selfish workaholic father who uh, who ends up becoming, you know, a selfless family man by the end of the film, you know, all through a series of big old shenanigans and, and wacky, you know, wacky know-hows and whatnot and whatevers so that all happens throughout the film obviously but there's always a subplot uh to to films like this which uh which is really what the adults want to get into and in this case i feel like there was a bit of a there was a bit of a tragedy in this film it was to mirror the the hero's journey tim allen being our titular hero the Mm. shaggy dog there's also the fall of the hero which was reflected in baxter Mm. his story now Baxter, while stealing the show... Without a doubt. His tragedy took place in three acts. Those three acts being three scenes of the movie. Maybe four, if I recall. But it was it was no more than four scenes in the film. Yeah. It was very, very short. But the actor, who was pretty much... I got a very much big Will Arnett vibe from him. Mm. So kind of a discount Will Arnett. He he had that energy, and he stole the show every time he was there. Yeah, I mean, when we do say every time he was there, I I do want to point out 
he was only there for about three or four scenes. So I'd a total put, of ten minutes, yeah, maybe overall. I'd push in ten minutes. Pushing if, ten minutes. Yeah, that's a that's that's a bold claim. Five but, minutes. Yeah, maybe. Five, all right. Yeah, I reckon somewhere between that mark. I think it really takes a, it really takes a Shakespearean or a true thespian actor. I would say not just Shakespearean, but just age old, timeless sense of acting, uh, to to really. I don't know, it carries such a such a beautiful and such a tragic arc in such a short period of time. Because most most Shakespearean it's incredibly plays, impressive. Yeah. You, you don't you don't see that from uh you don't see that from your your, your Robert Downey Jr.'s point. We'll get to him in a second. Oh god. But uh Disappointing we, performance is all I have to say. Oh to wet your whistle. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to break this bad boy down. Oh, that's that's we're gonna have to, honestly. There was something two year difference maybe between uh Shaggy Dog and Iron Man. Could for all we know could have been filmed at the same time. All I can say is, boy, I hope they weren't because I think Robert Downey Jr. had to take some serious, serious acting lessons between TSD being the Shaggy Dog. I'm never going to refer to it as, as that again. I promise. <laughs> but between the Shaggy Dog and Iron Man, there was just it was I like don't think we were he watching acting lessons more so than he needed to get help recovering from the s- prolonged stroke. He was having the entire film. There was all right. There were a lot of facial expressions that that man had, which didn't really lend themselves to the character we're, at all. We're, we're getting a bit. Well, ahead right, of we, yeah, we got. We'll, we'll reel it back in. We'll reel it back in. Baxter, the the Baxter Baxter was really the highlight of the film. It was mm. very small role, so we didn't get sick of him. Mm. And every time he had something snarky to say, something kind of amusing to say, and the way the actor uh, delivered them was very funny. I thought. Yeah, it always brought light to the uh, to the. The ever dull scenes of of the Shaggy Dog, which not always dull, but uh, it definitely brought. It a was certain... very flat. The film was a very flat, uninspired kind of your bog standard Disney Channel family mm. film. There wasn't anything special about it. Uh, it was very adherent to the formula. Mm. The actors really didn't do anything special, apart from I'd say the second highlight was Tim Allen. Oh, definitely. Um, you'd think a lot of actors would kind of phone it in. At these, this age, you know, at, and especially with a film like this, Tim Allen really, if he was phoning it in, damn good at it. Yeah. And he's really hiding it well. He really put a lot of energy into the role. He, you could see, uh, you know, his face light up when he was pretending to be the dog. He really enunciated his words uh, very well for an old man. Yeah. I mean, look, he's probably in this film, he's honestly pushing maybe like, what, 90 Maybe ninety five, hundred and twenty. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was. Well, I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to overshoot it. I was honestly about to say about one forty, but it's. Look, while we're on the topic, he's he's probably about five hundred in this film, and it's really impressive to see that you really, as we said earlier, you can. I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks, and in Tim Allen's case, uh, I guess you can teach a, a wild hog new tricks. And I say that in all in all uh, sincerity and in all uh, deliberation. What's the word for it? Deliberacy. When I'm being deliberate about something, what what am I? Anyway, so I was being deliberate I'll about. Just let me... him keep digging this hole for I'm, himself. I've just uh, yeah, all right. I've got my I've got my drill here, and I'm gonna just drill a hole until uh, until I strike gold. It's gonna happen. So just let me run. Wild Hogs came out, I believe, the following year, 2007. Yes, it did. John Travolta, uh, a Scientologist. Uh, uh, yeah, and Tim uh, Tim and Allen Star of Gotti. and <laughs> yeah, exactly. All three of those things are equally true, but also equally in contention. And look, Wild Hogs, I'm getting off track, but Wild Hogs, boy oh boy, great movie, fun for the whole family. Are we Basically, just gonna... what we're saying here is that Tim Allen, 
has shown himself to really kind of throw himself into roles you really wouldn't expect him to do so. I was really hoping we'd just turn this into a Wild Hogs podcast. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, but have you ever... Uh, all right, d- Dead set. Have you ever seen Wild Hogs before? I've never seen Wild Hogs, You've which ne- means I really can't contribute <laughs> to this podcast in any meaningful way if you decided to turn All right, so let's Wild get Hogs into podcast. the Wild Hogs podcast. 2007 was a great year. What happened in 2007? I was... Uh, uh, I was... Uh, the start of uh, The Shaggy Dog was a pretty interesting... A yeah. pretty interesting start. And it was very... as I'm pretty sure we, we said during the movie, it was pretty kind of disjointed from the rest of it. It, it really felt like... It was like a parody of the action extraction genre mm. you know it starts off low lighting giving a very sinister look to this bold mustachioed helicopter pilot who you know hands off a manila folder to these two soldiers in the back saying this is our target yeah that's exactly what he sounded like by the way that's dead set that's exactly what he sounded like i um i had to i actually had to look up uh on imdb later who the pilot was uh, and it turns out it was uh, my coworker here, uh, uh, James. So, so I I was honestly surprised. I didn't think, uh, I didn't think he'd quite reached that uh, that stage in his life where his voice would sound like that. But look, I was clearly wrong. But uh, and moving moving swiftly on from that, this uh, this this uh, helicopter pilot. Mm. Um, back ha- to back ha- to you. I mean, uh, back to the helicopter pilot. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I oh he hands off mm. the middle of folder to these two others mm. saying that you know this is our target yes and they go which which one is he and which person is he the helicopter pilot says it's not the person oh then the camera cuts yeah to the to the picture attached to the middle of folder in cinematic and, fashion as well and it's about five people mm. surrounding a dog yes and this is the shaggy dog the roll credits that's the that's that was the end of the movie yeah, it immediately establishes that Kaiang Po is the name of the dog mm. over 300 years old. Because as they explain a bit later, as soon as they get him back to the lab, a dog ages seven years for every human year, roughly, is the generally believed thing. Mm. So in The Shaggy Dog, the scientists say in Kaiang Po, it is reversed. Ooh. For every seven years Kaiang Po lives, he ages one human year. Meaning. And- his lifespan could be 700 years old. And exactly. he's middle-aged even. Mm. Which, skipping forward a bit, Tim Allen's family keeps Kaiang Po at the end. Is a bit morbid when you think about it. He's going to outlive all of them. Except maybe Tim Allen. But, wa- w- but we will talk about the consequences of Kaiang Po's infectious bite in a bit. Because the opening scene continues um, and we get our first real introduction of not only... Kaiang Po, but of the puppeteer controlling Kaiang Po. Exactly right. Yeah, there was a, there was, uh, there were there were a lot of scenes in the film, obviously where the dog was present and in full in full view, uh, in all its glorious realism. So rather than going for either CG or trying to train a dog to, uh, I guess in the first scene, pray, or you know, obviously go through a classic uh, Tibetan praying uh ritual as as i'm sure everyone is all too familiar with indeed we saw i believe it was yeah i think that was probably one of the first times uh that we saw some person was just controlling a puppet of a dog and that apparently look i want to say that was a theme of the film but honestly it was just it just happened puppetry i think was an underlying subtext of the film yeah exactly much in the same way that uh that i guess history kind of controls all of us uh there's a man who controls this dog uh with 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 puppet strings so yeah 
So I feel like that's, I mean, at least, okay, that's that's what I got in my first viewing or my second rather viewing of this film. Yeah, and I think what Alex is getting at here is that the Shaggy Dog benefits from deeper viewings, despite being an insubstantial nothingness of a film. But yeah, we we get introduced to Kang Po uh, praying. So you're like, oh, this is a this is a monastic dog. This is this is a dog of God, feeling like a big god. Yeah, but so the a kid comes in with a ball, waves it at Kaiang Po, mm. and Kaiang Po gives a look to the Tibetan monk. The teasing, that's, that's, the teasing little minx comes in and, and the, starts waving the ball around. Uh, looks, looks at the looks at the head monk, mm. and the monk kind of gives a, yeah, okay, you're a dog, go play fetch. Mm. Kid throws the ball, tumbles down this entire village. Yeah, terrible. Th- not throw. not just yeah, a horrible throw. Just uh, honestly. If you want to play fetch with a dog, why are you throwing it all the way outside of the village? Yeah. So he goes outside and immediately gets captured by a CG net. Yeah, not just a net as well. So for some reason they puppeteered a dog. They couldn't puppeteer it. They couldn't puppeteer a net, or God forbid, use a normal net. No, use a real yeah, net. They I, put a CG net over. It shows so, up for what three frames, four frames. So this the frame is the camera on the ground from Kaiang Po's perspective. Yeah. Looking up at these three soldiers, and they fire a net gun. It's very clearly mid two thousand CG. Yeah, it's not a normal net; it's a clearly fake net, and it's baffling. And then that's when the uh, that's when the Shaggy Dog pops up. That's the yeah. uh, that's the curtains up on this film. That's and, this and, is where we set our scene. And you might think this film is kind of an espionage film based on the initial you know scene. You'd oh, be wrong. You you would be an absolute fool to think that you, it was an you espionage film. Would have guessed film. so wrong. We would have we would have laughed at you if you were if you were here while we watched that film uh, at the back room and thought to yourself, man, this is going to be a bit of an espionage film. We would have laughed for maybe 10, 15 minutes at your stupidity, if not more. So uh, yeah, after after the title sequence comes up, then I, I I fell asleep after that. Well, so it's been really nice uh, having a chat to you guys about the Shaggy Dog this season. This is our final episode for the season. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. J- James over there, shaking his head like a madman, waiting for me to get back on track. And boy, I'm trying my best. So it, it is it, the further, minute by minute, mm. we get away from this film, the less it kind of sticks in your head. Mm. The, I've the, already forgotten everything about it. The idea of this film is in much more potent yeah. than the film itself. That being said, after the opening credits, I think we're introduced to one of the better scenes of the film as it contains the two best characters, mm. Tim Allen and Baxter. Contains the great line of Baxter saying, you hate dogs. And Tim Allen says, I don't hate dogs. I just like dogs. I hate that dog. Yeah, and that dog was probably also one of the better characters in the film as well, being that he also shared the same arc as Baxter. And was also one of the f- few non-CG animals. Yeah, well, yeah, as it turns out. And so I'm, I'm really glad that that dog could wear a, a sort of, what, band-aid on his forehead halfway through the film really, really well. Uh, it was a neck brace. Yeah, but there was, there was a little bandage on his head as oh, well. Oh, was there? Yeah, because uh, oh. he had to mirror his owner. Every dog looks like his owner. Further and further away I get from this film, unless <laughs> I remember. How long has it been? We've only, we've only been gone for 20 minutes. Oh, no. So, yeah, that, uh, that's, that's how it goes on. So we've got Tim Allen shows up, waving his, waving his you know, God-given fist at the uh, at the dog, just saying, you know what, I, I hate hate your dog. I hate everything about this dog. And this is the establishment of his character. Yeah, Tim Allen is a dick mm. at the beginning of the film. Um, you know it. No two ways about it. it. It really shows an idyllic American home. You see an American flag hanging over 
well-kept lawn, uh, Tim Allen in a suit. Um, it's very quickly established that uh, he's assistant DA mm. um, on the up and up, going to be the next DA once this DA retires. Mm. Um, Do we ever meet the DA? I don't believe so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe was- Unless Danny Glover is the DA, which, which by the way, I, you may have forgotten, Danny Glover is in this film. Oh, yeah, right. About as many scenes as Baxter is in. Yeah, and Baxter's dog. He says very, very few lines. Yeah, he shows up at one point. What is there? There's a. He shows up in the court. He He shows shows up up in the court in the elevator three times. The elevator once at his house. house. Yeah, so So that's five times. Yeah, it's good on you, Danny. It's a strange pick for a role. So yeah, uh, he he's a dick. He ignores his family. Mm. You can tell uh, he's kind of. Wanting to push his kid to football, to live out his dreams, and if you've yeah. seen any other Disney Disney Channel film, you know that the kid obviously doesn't like football, and mm. the dad's pushing him to something he doesn't want to do. I mean, I just want to clarify: the kid is Spencer Breslin as well. So Spencer Breslin, being of uh, of what is that? He's Cat in the Hat fame. Actually, was uh, he was the kid in Cat in the Hat, uh, as it turns out, and he was also the kid in. Uh, he was one of the kids in Zoom, another Tim Allen masterpiece, is uh, for for want of a better term. Um, so he shows up. He's uh he's definitely he's he's a great great kid, great actor. Uh, well, but he's that's that's stretching it a bit. Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's an he's acceptable an, kid. He's an actor. Yeah, I mean, as kids go, he he and is. Kids an acceptable... are generally really bad in films, and he is no real exception. Yeah. Well, I was going to say at his moments, but I feel like the moments that he was good were the ones where he uh wasn't on screen. Uh, that's uh, look again, personal opinion, but regardless, he he kind of uh. He has his own little arc of you know trying to be the trying to be a kid, doesn't want to play football, doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to do what his wants dad wants to sing him to in do. musicals. Yeah, exactly. He wants to sing in Greece. He wants to jump in and he wants to sing about we'll, we'll, cars. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. The thing, but the most important thing to take out of this initial scene is not the character introductions, mm. is not the setting introductions, but the establishment of the fact that no one ever finishes their breakfast. Oh, of course. Honestly, that's. I, you know, look, okay, I hadn't written that down. I think it was just because I had such a visceral reaction to it that my, I think my I just saw red. I didn't so, even. I didn't even. So the first the first example we get of this, yeah, is Tim Allen has two children. He does. Uh, Spencer Breslin and the girl. Yes. Who I cannot remember the name of right now. I we'll we'll find out before the end. Um, and the girl, she is eighteen, mm. looks sixteen, which is I think Alex said during the filming is the first time. He's seen a teenager in one of these films that looks younger than what she's supposed to be. Mm. But she's got a boyfriend called... Trey. Trey. He's got a car. He's got a car. It's an okay car. Nothing special. It's a car. But she goes to school in his car. Mm. And she says, as she's leaving the door, Hey, I'm going to school. Want a ride? And Spencer says, A ride in Trey's car? Oh boy, do I. And... Gets up, leaves his eggs on the table. Yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't even so much as walk over to the sink and put them in. Doesn't scrape them into any sort of, you know, receptacle for the for the for the rubbish or for the trash. I guess as they they call it in the United States of A. Uh, and, and so basically, leaving his dad and mum to clean up after him when both of them established in the film to have you know high high power high stress jobs. Mm. Basically, he's a dick. These kids. Uh, look, especially Spencer. Uh, Spencer, yep, Spencer. Uh, he does not care at all about his parents, despite the fact that uh, apparently, you know, 
he wants to try and uh, win over the affection of his, of his parents, as we see later. But uh, he clearly isn't going about it the right way. I'm not it's, gonna. I'm not gonna his, sugarcoat it. His arc is baffling to me because, as the dog, which Tim Allen becomes, he finds out that Spencer, you know, wants to sing in Greece mm. rather than play football. Yeah, it's really expensive to go to Greece from the United States as well. Who's gonna speak first? It's you. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but. But he says, this this girl comes up to him and is like, oh, why haven't you tried out? And he goes, oh, because my dad wants me to play football. Hmm. It's established throughout the film that Tim Allen isn't a dick to his kids so much. He's more negligent to his family. Hmm. You could argue that he's a dick to his daughter because his daughter's protesting, you know, something and he's saying you can't do that. But... In a way, I, I agree with him because he's the he's the one prosecuting the case against the people that um, she's campaigning for. So it's not as black and white as the movie would lead you to believe if you look just a little deeper. You always have to read between the lines with a film like, uh, especially one by Tim Allen. I feel like there's always a there's a deeper meaning, and then there's a deeper meaning to that meaning as well. And I'm sure, obviously, as we go on this. Uh, cinematic journey i'm sure we'll uh, we'll delve into all facets of this uh, as we go along so yeah he he goes to court after this initial scene mm. and this is his place of work this is where he's the king this is tim allen at his prime that's yeah. uh that's i mean look the long and short of it is he's uh he's the he's the he's the king and he's uh he's he's working with what he's got danny glover by his side he's got rdj off to the side as well he shows up for the first time he's yeah. uh wearing like slightly smaller tony stark sunglasses they're yeah, still he, they're still he, purple he tinted uh, he looks very young. Yeah, he does. Very, he, very he, young. Two-year difference between Iron Man and Shaggy Dog, as we said. He looks about 20 years younger. He really does. And you know what? It's probably because the Shaggy Dog was such a harrowing experience for him. <laughs> it really left its mark. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what they say. You know, obviously the camera adds 10 pounds, but the Shaggy Dog uh, actually adds about 30 years. It's, uh, it's, it's a tragedy. Yeah, honestly. And D- Danny Glover just turned to dust at the end of that film. <laughs> I think. Look, I've considering it's part of the MCU with the introduction of Robert Downey Jr., mm. uh, the snap would have happened. Exactly. So yeah, Danny Glover point. would be Ash. Yeah, I, I can. I can imagine Danny Glover would have just said, "I'm getting too old for this." But he, as as he tries to finish his sentence, Dust. just disappears. Dust. He's dusted. Yeah. So he he shows up in the court. He's ready to go. He's raring. He's uh, he's he's prosecuting i believe the the main person who uh, his daughter's actually trying to trying to help out trying to save the, the, the idea is he set a fire that's mm. that's what he's accused of yeah this, setting a fire this animal rights activist is accused of setting a fire um in this laboratory mm. a, a, an act of terrorism basically yeah. a fire that admittedly i don't think we ever see we uh, see we see a picture of oh okay a single picture in the courtroom mm. but other than that no yeah and we can see as well, Tim Allen is pretty damn good at his job as well. He's uh, he's got this case pretty much under wraps, and I feel like a lot of the people in the public as well were pretty 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 against this guy too. So I think it was almost an open and shut case. Yeah, there's a lot of you know kids, eco warriors mm. that you know were siding with this guy, but it would it's hard to sway public opinion when it was clear this guy apparently set the fire. Mm. Which we find out later he didn't. <laughs> oh, so we th- oh wait, no, you just said we didn't. Okay, yeah, uh, yes. But that courtroom scene is really only important as is so far to set up Tim Allen as the high-powered assistant DA mm. 
and his assistant uh, lady, who there's one baffling exchange. It's a really, really weird relationship between those two. I don't understand. It's like she seems to d- want to do everything for him, mm. but that relationship is kind of it's 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 more. It's never called upon. It's it's more than a friendship, uh, more than a relationship, like boss employee, mm. but less than a friendship. Yeah, it's and a it strange never feels one. like he's abusing that. It just feels like she's going above and beyond. And there's this one baffling scene later where she says something. Um, I can't remember what exactly. And Timon <laughs> just cocks his head and looks at her and goes, "Have you been drinking?" Just straight up. Just straight. Just straight up. Like in both of their places of work, this is just it. Just it just highly pops up. unprofessional. Yeah. And, and then it's just swept over. Yeah. She doesn't even reply to it. I, I look. I honestly don't even think. Uh, I don't even think Tim Allen knew what he was saying there. He, he probably just he probably just tried to improv something, saw that it went horribly wrong. Neither actor knew what to say, and they're just like, uh, uh quick, uh, just uh, next scene, next scene, just cut it." There's, there's, there's Tim Allen, few- also the producer in the background, is just like slicing his hand across his neck, just like, uh, stop, stop." He's got a mirror set up like in uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man. <laughs> he's talking to himself. Yeah, he's got the he's got the the Green Goblin Tim Allen. Oh no, that that's the uh, the Santa Claus Tim Allen and him Tim Allen. Or the Shaggy Dog Tim Allen to, to basically try and contest the good and the bad. Well, in the same vein of this kind of drinking joke, mm-hmm. there's a couple strange adult jokes in this film. Yeah, there like, were a couple of weird one ones. There's one where. Um, I believe there was one when they, when they were in the pound, weren't they? Yeah, and, there was uh, one in the pound. Yeah. Um, w- this is after Tim Allen has turned into the dog. Yes. Oh, spoilers. He turns into a dog. Yeah. I think I think we've we've, well, let's, we've let's, well established I'll, I'll, this. I'll quickly go over him turning into a dog. Yeah. Um. Basically, Kang Po escapes. Yes. In an incredible scene. Yeah. Where he's he's acting all meek and innocent, and so oh, he's a cute little dog. Yeah. They're like oh, he's a cute little dog, mm. and then they this one hurt a bit, and they take out some of his blood. Mm. Um. They then they turn around, and then they turn back, and Kang Po has the syringe full of his blood in his mouth and pointing it at them. That's horrifying. It's it's genuinely terrifying, and it's also the first time we see that Kaiyang Po has capability for much higher thought than we originally thought. Yeah, that's uh honestly that's that's very threatening. Not just uh not just to kind of you know see a dog being able to sort of outsmart humans. Probably such a I guess visceral way as well. You get to see this dog picks up a syringe filled with blood, he and was, he's, he was, he's threatening he was these ready two. for violence. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he, was- and he and he is later clearly shown to be. A violent creature. Yeah. When oh, definitely. He he escapes the lab, goes home with Tim Allen's daughter, and Tim Allen tries to get him removed, mm. and he bites Tim Allen. Yeah. In and here our story begins. In an incredible CG scene mm. where he bites Tim Allen, and it goes into Tim Allen's bloodstream. Mm. A place everyone wants to go. <laughs> That's a. Uh... That's a that's a point that's a point for another day, but, uh, um, but I'll talk about that later. You see all this CG hemoglobin, mm. um, and the virus or whatever of Kaiyang Po mm. are these small furry blobs with yeah, dog like qualities, and tails, and, but they're not dogs. Yeah, and they kind of swarm through the bloodstream mm. and grab the hemoglobin and tear it apart. It just it just it just eviscerated within within. Milliseconds and it turns just... into more of these furry creatures. Yeah, um, and that goes through his bloodstream. Mm. So that's that's you know where where he's at. 
so essentially his his genetic makeup, everything that Tim Allen holds dear within his own body is completely taken from him. It's, and uh and he's just been replaced by a dog. I think we've established that this film could be taken in a very different direction with him as patient zero. The oh, entire definitely. world could be turned into dogmen. Mm. And cuz cuz this uh and as we'll see later in the film, this is not the uh this is not the last you've seen of the the Kaiangpo virus. It yeah, and it's not it's not exclusive later. to Kaiangpo either. No, it's not. It can be transferred by any carrier. Yeah. And as we find out later in the film, there are a multitude of carriers. It's it really can be uh it can be taken in a very very different direction and I really hope that when the inevitable reboot happens that uh that they take a few pointers rather than from the old shaggy dog movies I really hope that they take a couple of pointers from yeah. what like 28 days later 28 um, dogs later yeah That's a perfect title for it actually I like that We'll use that we're going to make the film uh is what we're trying to say Tim Allen I know you're a producer on this Yeah I know you're you listening to be a producer on 28 dogs later Yeah hit you, us up You're welcome we're already there um, we're outside. We're filming. Uh, please, please just let us in so we can we can uh, press play. So, with that in mind, we've uh, we've we, Tim Allen. He's been bitten. He's got he's got the love bug. But uh, instead of love, it's uh, it's, it's dog. It's dog. He's got the dog bug. Uh, and and pretty quickly we see what does it? How how quickly does it take for him to to transform? Not well, too not too quick. He doesn't do it straight He gets away. bitten at night. He does. And so he's like then, a wear, he's like a wear dog. And then he's working at the computer. Mm. And kind of feels a bit funny. Mm. And then his wife comes in and says, you know, you're not doing enough. And he goes, well, I'm sorry for missing my son's parent-teacher, but how about I cook dinner tomorrow night mm. and then uh, for our anniversary, oh. we'll go to... Ooh la la. Uh, I think it was Grace's. Mm. The seat by the window, he says. Mm. Spoilers, when we see the seat, it's not by the window. Um, that's, I honestly didn't even realize that. It, you, that's very, very true, though. The the seat is... I don't even want to say it's not next to the window. It's in the it's, middle of the it's restaurant. It's nowhere near the window. It's, it is nowhere near the window. Whether that is intentional to show Tim Allen's lack of preparation, or it just is unintentional to show Tim Allen's lack of preparation <laughs> as a producer, um, remains to be seen. It all, it, all points to the, uh, it all points to the same answer, though. So, he's kissing his wife, mm. and then begins to scratch like a dog at his head mm. with his hand. The great uh, Kristen um, Stewart? Christ- no, Kirsten... Dunst? D- um, Christopher Robin. Bell. Yes, sorry, of course. Uh, uh, someone. I can't... I, can't, it's I, 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 wish, I wish we could finish this... Uh, I, I wish we could finish this list off, but I honestly don't remember what her name was. No, neither do I. Uh, 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 Kristen Davis. Okay, thank goodness, we're back. Kristen Davis. Some of the most emotive eyebrows I've ever seen. Uh, in uh, that don't match the face. That Yeah, that say. don't match the face. She's it's- saying one thing and her eyebrows are telling another story. Yeah. You know how Dwayne The Rock Johnson has a very emotive face? He does. Dwayne The Rock Johnson does indeed have an incredibly uh, emotive face. But the eyebrows match the face. They do. And they, they complement and accentuate the face as well. Here they don't. Here, Kristen does not have a matching eyebrows face ratio. It's a mess. So he goes to bed and... Mm. We realise she's turning even into more of a dog when she wakes up and she looks around like something's wrong and the camera slowly pans to the end of the bed. There he is. Mm. Tim Allen lying across the bed like a dog would. And, well, look, honestly, I think that's, again, that's probably just how Tim Allen woke up that day. I think he, he thought to himself, he's like, man, I'm just going to go to bed on set. And he woke up and that's, that's probably just how he sleeps normally. And then people are like, oh, whoa, he looks kind of like a dog there. We might just start filming. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's probably how he sleeps. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd say so too. Um, And we see more of how he sleeps in later scenes when he wakes up from being Kayang Po. Consistently naked as well. Consistently. By far the best part of the film. By far. By far. So he wakes up, he's a dog. Well, he's not a dog yet, but he's mm. acting like a dog. And then... He's acting like a... He's feeling th- like a big dog right now. Yeah, so... There's another kitchen scene mm. for breakfast. And breakfast occurs and I, a lot in this family, and I really respect that. The most well, you, di- could the say, mo- you could say breakfast occurs a lot, but it really doesn't. Maybe it, a quarter it's never of a breakfast quite scene. finished. <laughs> so, you know, he pours himself uh, some cornflakes. Mm. Uh, actually, I think they're Kellogg's, which is very obvious product placement for the film. Mm. Like, the Kellogg's box is front and center. Angled towards the camera. Yeah. And it pours, pours it and pours some milk, pours some coffee... Mm. Um, begins to lick the coffee like bleh, bleh, bleh. yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's and it's exactly like what he whoa, does. and his son's like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, whoa, whoa, Tim Allen, and he's like, hey, calm down, Spencer Breslin, how is school? And turns out he's failing maths. Yeah, because and we find out later this is part of a plot mm. to drop out of football because uh, basically Spencer lacks a spine to talk to his father. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look, Spencer, if you're hearing this, um, we forgive you. Um, we forgive you. Uh, We've all lacked a spine at some point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, admittedly, it was probably when we were in the womb and the bones hadn't grown yet. But, I mean, everyone, everyone's been there. Uh, we've all been there. So, uh, come back to us, Spencer. Um, I, hope, I, hope, I hope you're well. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen you for a while. I'm indifferent. I, well, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's how most, uh, most parentships go. One, one wants you back and one's like, eh. So... Anywho, I wouldn't even really care for joint custody if I'm being honest. So, with with all this in mind, we've uh, we've witnessed uh, we've witnessed that Spencer has has seen his dad uh, licking from a cornflakes bowl, uh, licking from his coffee, also trying to take in some fatherly advice, but kind of gets sidetracked by the fact that there is a man in front of him licking all of the food up of their plates. It's it really is kind of quite I, I would be terrified. He he voraciously digs into his bowl of cornflakes. Yeah, dare I say ferociously as well. That was uh I mean all of these words are incredibly impressive and large. Uh but they all point towards the fact that there's some we ha- we got to talk about Tim. There's something wrong with our, our boy. We uh, need to talk about Timothy. We do. Timothy, he's gone a little bit whack. So uh some ain't quite right and no one can really quite put their finger on it and just as we think we're going to put the finger on it. He picks up his bowl, which isn't even finished again. No, he's not finished. I He took three licks of his coffee mm. and half his bowl, Yep, dumps it. Gone. Off. In the bin. It's ridiculous. Again, we've got a couple of themes going through this film. Admittedly, wild hogs, apparently one of them. Uh, we just got to keep that going. And the second one is just unfinished business. It's it's ridiculous. And look, obviously from my, from my decades as, as being a, a film scholar... Um, you've got such a you've got such a simple simple task as breakfast, and they can't even finish that. And I think that really, I think it, it drills home a certain point. It, it drills home a certain certain something, which it's it you can't really quite put your finger on until you've watched the film a couple yeah, of times. It, it really shows that the family lacks follow through. Yeah. So the film really, I'd say, picks up from here, where when he becomes a dog. Yeah. I mean the momentum the momentum momentum really starts carrying honestly you've got you know you start off a pretty slow pretty happy pretty normal suburban life then all of a sudden gets bitten by a dog starts turning into a dog and boy oh boy the film goes in a freaking overdrive after that you you have a you have a whole bunch of hijinks 
Tim Allen is like at one point his tongue like triples in size. That's kind of whack. Uh, but yeah, he also obviously in buff- court. The next mm. scene's in court. Yeah, and he acts like a complete buffoon. He does. You know, he makes picks, a he makes a right fool of himself. Picks up documents in his mouth. Mm. Um, carries them around. For the first time in a while, Robert Downey Jr. isn't the weirdest looking character in the scene, yeah, and like, I feel like that's the only time where it happens. I think he kind of he he manages to take that crown back a little bit later. So he becomes a dog. In he court, does. Makes a fool of himself. Mm. Gets uh, ejected from the court. Like gets ejected from the courtroom. Mm. Uh, they they demand a recess, and then he just leaves. He does. He's he just, not feeling well. He books it, and I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Look, I am no uh, legal scholar, but uh, when you see someone just just leave a court, I don't know. I feel like that doesn't really sit well, obviously for his job, but also I don't know if. I they... mean, no, it definitely doesn't sit well for his job because it's made clear by Danny Glover later mm. that he is no longer in the running for DA. Mm. Yeah, no, no, sir. DA, more like Dunzo, eh? Um, so, Tim Allen just kind of runs off. Uh, and what, what, what does he do? How does he, how does he first turn into a dog there? I've, I've, I've all but forgotten. How does he turn into a dog the first time? Oh, God, we just saw this movie. Uh, well, look, lo- long and the short of it is... Ah, he, t- he turns... It, I, uh, I know he turns into a dog... Oh, it's, in the, it. it's in the pound. He goes to the pound. It's in the pound. He goes to the pound. There it is. And he's overwhelmed by the dogs. He is, yeah. He has because a he, break. Because he's wondering why he is acting so strange. So he's mm. he went to the pound to test if they had rabies, mm. which, if he's already acting strange, is too late. Yeah. Oh, he's done for. But it's, luckily, it's not rabies. Mm. Um, it's something even worse. <laughs> it's the dog zombie virus. Exactly. It's the beginning of the end for the um, entirety of humanity. So he turns into a dog after being overwhelmed by dog barks mm. and eventually, you know, realizes that when he sees himself in, uh, I I believe is product placement mm. because it's, it's a, I think it's like a Panasonic TV. 42 and, inch, no less. Yeah. He goes 42 inch, which is a strange detail. Mm. That makes no sense. Especially in this day and age, 42 inch for a TV isn't anything particularly well, crazy. It was 2006. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was smaller back then. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I sure as hell was. Uh, I'm sure anyone else listening at home will tell themselves, 42 inches, TV, ha, I laugh in that. What? So, with that all in mind, he walks past the cameras, uh, which were all attached somehow to the to the TV. Sees he's a dog. Yeah. Is in disbelief, mm. runs headfirst in into the glass. He does to wake up from a dream. We all laugh because it is a hilarious moment. Mm. Bit of slapstick there. Bit of slapstick comedy. Doesn't wake up. Mm. Goes home. First attempt to try and show his kids that he's dead. Mm. Um, makes some Scrabble. Mm. It's it's look honestly Scrabble is the only truth in this film. It's the great it's the great arbiter, honestly, and he tries it. And he decides... And he fa- they, they clean it up. Yeah. Like, clearly, they, they don't... Stupid understand. dog. They don't see this dog rearranging words. Mm. Which I think... Look, I honestly, the, the, the children are probably stupider than most animals at this point in the film. They're like, oh, silly dog. He's just rearranging letters to form I am dad. Yeah, it, it literally says I am duh. Yeah. And what do they think? There's I am duh black eyed peas. They were, they were probably scared that it was going to write out I am dafo. Because they had just seen the first, uh, the first three films of uh, of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, and they thought, "Man, Willem Dafoe is a real scary kid." I, I really hope he has an infected dad, but something much worse has. <laughs> oh no. Um. So 
he kind of bonds with his family here. Mm. In in a way, accidentally, he never has. Um, as a dog, as I think that's dog. probably the main way that he's never uh, bonded Goes with his family. Goes to the dog before. park mm. with his son. This 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 girl rides up and like it, it's kind of established she's his friend and basically chastises him, mm. offering no support for his difficult predicament. Mm. And then says the most baffling thing in the film, which is just because you're the best doesn't mean you'll get the part. Mm. Which, yeah. You the, will. The opposite is actually true. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, he will get the part because he is the best. But, uh, I mean, oh well. It's a it's a weird backhanded compliment. Not really too sure what the relationship there is. She shows, she shows up once more later. Again, on her bike. Shows up. She's like, yeah, I'm going to be rude again. Anyway, see ya. And then she just rides back the way she came. So, I don't know if she has a real direction, like, uh, like an actual compass style direction i don't even know where she, i don't think she knows where she's going is what she I'm dresses to get like a 17 year old but she's maybe 12 yeah if that and she just shows up on a bike how are we going i'm gonna be angry at you anyway see ya i don't know where i am anymore see that's honestly that's probably why she never gets the parts because she doesn't she doesn't actually know how to get to the school theater she's she, constantly uh, trapped in a never-ending loop of riding the bike her cardinal directions have just been completely out of whack. She's just been driving around that circle. It's rep- it, yeah, it's representative of Spencer's story. Mm. Spencer broke away from the eternal loop of not being able to tell his father. Mm. And as such would not end up like this girl. Yeah. And this girl just, un- she just couldn't get away. You're, there's always a foil. There's always a, there's always a, you know, there's always a, a yang to the yin. So that was a, that's a, that's a bit of a tragic arc too as well. But uh, look, there was, there was a lot of other things that happened in there. I think, I, there think, was- I think basically... His interactions with his family are all in two parts. Mm. Um, his son has two parts. Mm. His daughter has two parts. Mm. The first part of his son is with him in the dog park, mm. you know, learning this. And the second part is him seeing him at his football game mm. um, and getting absolutely crushed. Yeah, quite everyone. physically as well. He gets flattened. He gets flattened. Um, it's also kind of another demonstration of the kid's stupidity i'd say because mm-hmm. if he's been doing football for this long he should at least know the basic rules mm. and yet he has no idea where he's supposed to be what he's supposed to be doing he stands there as he lets two guys trample him mm. like his fight or flight re- reflexes have just shut down he doesn't have them no clearly not he'd be dead in the dog apocalypse mm. oh i mean and that's that we all know that's coming yeah um his daughter's story can similarly be divided into two mm. So the first time uh, he and his daughter hang out um, is uh, he finds out that his daughter is going out with, I think, a girl called Janie mm. uh, to get a tattoo. Exactly. Because she's in 11th grade. Um, she says, I know she found a place where they don't ask for ID. Mm. And I'm going to get basically a tramp stamp of the animal rights logo. Uh, luckily, her dad saves her from a lifetime of regret. Um, by probably mortifying her friend, yeah, by Janie. terrifying this friend Janie by charging at her as like this rabid dog mm. barking at the windows, things like that. Second time, you know, her her boyfriend kind of calms her down, shows her a pamphlet about what to do, and she's like, "This is going to be more effective than a tattoo." Mm. Um, and that's where Tim Allen really understands her his daughter's passion. It's not just a stupid teenage thing; she really genuinely believes in this stuff. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's it's good that I, it's good that his dad actually, or it's good that her dad finally learns that. 
I'm pretty sure it was actually uh, I'm pretty sure it was actually her who made the pamphlet as well. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I might be wrong in saying that, but I, 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 I like, didn't oh, that seem was... clear to me. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that he did say, "Hey, that seems pretty cool," but I don't know if he was talking about the pamphlet or about the stuff that was on there. I, I feel it could have been it could have been either. I'm not too sure. This really kind of hammers home for me the fact that nothing's really finished in this family. Honestly, nothing's finished, and I feel like Tim Allen it, it's merely the demands of his job mm. that keep him like that keep him being a bad father. Mm. Everyone kind of like roasts him for for not coming home for dinner and things like that but he's he's the assistant district attorney mm. he's got a, a pretty high stress job he's got, he's got a pretty heavy plate right now yeah he's a bit negligent but everyone kind of treats him as this incredibly bad guy and it's implied that this has been going on for a while mm. um when it, it it's like the kids don't seem to make an effort to portray their point of view to the dad at all you actually consistently through the film you see the dad trying to connect with his kids in human form at the beginning mm. and they kind of shut him down and shut him off as kids are wont to do that's just a class that's a classic teenager mechanic and i guess after especially if it's been happening for a while they might just be like you know what uh, i don't even like you dad i'm too cool for school i'm too cool for tim allen but uh i don't know no one's too cool for tim allen uh, that's that's very except true. for evolution it's yeah that's <laughs> I I I would have I would have said the exact same thing. Which I would have thought Tim Allen would be in full support against when he was part of a documentary about a man turning into a dog. Mm. It's it's yeah, all of it is one hundred percent real. I I don't know if we clarified that from the start. Don't quite recall, but just to just to clear things up now, it's all it's all true. It's all true. Yeah. So all right, good. Now now that we got that underway. So yeah, under the wraps. middle of the film's basically a whole bunch of filler mm. about Tim Allen learning about his family, things we already knew that he didn't know. Mm. It kind of meanders a lot. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of nothing, and there's he there's sta- not much of a lot. Yeah, he stands his wife up on the anniversary, mm. which is not true because you know he he goes there, he's just in dog form, he can't yeah. do anything about it, and he he's outside of the restaurant with flowers. Mm. Now she thinks that Tim Allen sent the dog with flowers, mm. which portrays to me how stupid she is as well, <laughs> because. Okay, one, the other night he told her he turned into dog. Mm. Two, he hates dogs. Why would he ever train a dog to do that? Yeah. Also, three, how would you train a dog to do that? I honestly think it would be easier to turn into a dog and show up to a restaurant with a bunch of flowers than to, than to train a dog to go and into a restaurant with a bunch of flowers. Yeah, and he goes, oh, I can't even go in there because I'm a dog. Mm. But we don't see him try. Yeah. If we'd seen him try to get in... That would have been a bit more believable, but yeah. he kind of stands outside in the rain because it mm. starts raining, of course. Yeah, I mean it's nighttime; it has to rain, obviously. And yeah, he doesn't even—he doesn't give it a try. It's, that's a bit of a tell-don't-show moment, unfortunately. Yeah, it's—it's it's a bit sad in more ways than one. As mm. you know, basically, she's like, "I don't know if we're gonna get through this on the phone to him." Yeah, that was quite a dark. That was quite a dark basically, phone conversation. Yeah, she's like, "I think I'm." Basically, the subtext is she's gonna divorce him. Yeah. Because he's really not, you know, performing his husbandly duties. Yeah. Classic Tim Allen movie. <laughs> wow, wacky. Ain't so, that something. So, yeah, basically, uh, he realizes that in court, they've been doing genetic experiments. Mm. And that's how he became a dog. So, he needs to get back in there to rescue Kayang Po mm. to find out what's going and, on. And expose, and expose RDJ. Yeah. So... He goes to the facility mm. criminally unguarded. Mm. 
for uh, a company creating something that could make you immortal. Yeah, something that you seems can get to be... in through just a loose vent. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly, exactly how he gets in. It's just a vent off to the side, and he just walks through, or at least he tries to go through. In human form, can't do that. So he obviously, you know, what what's the next best thing than uh, you know, going through in human form? He enlists the help of a of a homeless man wearing a uh, a tinfoil hat. Uh, you know, as as one does. Comically homeless. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got, his 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 trolley is filled to the brim with trash. Yeah, and uh, he goes, and Tim Allen walks up to him and says, "Hey, I need you to throw this stick." Mm. Why am I going to throw this stick? Mm. He goes, "I'll give you five dollars." He goes, "Um, do I look like I need five dollars?" Mm. And then there's this comical moment where they look at each other and you're supposed to laugh because he's homeless and needs mm. money. Yeah, um, <laughs> homeless people. But it's sad. Yeah, it's actually quite tragic. It looks it looks really. He looks really destitute. And I think it's, there's slightly too long a pause there. Slightly too long for me to just be like, haha, oh, ah, he's homeless. Ah, yeah. yeah, that's horrible. So he throws the stick. Tim Allen grabs the stick in his mouth on all fours, comes mm. back. No bueno. No dice. Yeah. Not a dog. He says, Not throw it yet. again. Throw it again. Mm. So he does it. And he's kind of he's kind of panting as well because he's obviously just been running. You, you can hear the heartbeat sound effect that they play. Oddly, oddly, look, okay. First time I saw that after a little while. Kind of sexual. Not gonna, not gonna sugarcoat it. <laughs> I was, I got a little, got a little bit worried there. He comes back. He's like, oh, I'm. He's, he came back, and I'm pretty sure he says, I'm so close. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he aggressively says, sexual. Yeah, he's, yeah. I'm right now that we've, now that we've, you know, broken that barrier. It's uh, th- there's definitely a level of that in this scene, and I, I never thought that the best on-screen chemistry. I, I thought it was going to be between you know Tim Allen and his wife. I was horribly wrong. Tim Allen and that homeless man. There was a beautiful, there was a beautiful. There was something there. It was a spark, only for a moment. Yeah. Um, but that's was, all you need. It was really like a a ten second lost in translation. Mm, yeah, exactly. Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, who? Um, so we, we so saw he, all of that. He throws the stick. He does. Tim Allen chases it, and right before this man's eyes, mm. turns into a dog. He does, scarring we, we never, this man for life. We never get to see it, but I honestly, it's kind of like a bit, a bit sort of bird box. We never get to see the uh. The, the true villain of the film. But the people who do, they they are driven, at least in Birdbots, are driven to suicide. Or in t- t- uh, Tim Allen's The Shaggy Dog's case, probably that man was also driven uh, to, to suicide. Yeah, I, I would agree. He, he's gone after the film. Yeah. Um, th- there's a reason for it. He's gone. So he sneaks in, finds out that RDJ's been doing all these bad things, mm. um, and, and goes home. He, yeah. And goes, goes home. Finds it out, goes home. He's to tell people. Yeah, he gets a he gets he a goes, quick He goes to Danny Glover's house and is like, d- "I need a warrant to search the premises," mm. and they won't give it to him because they tell him he's off the case. Because Danny, Danny Glover's a smart guy. He's just like, "You, you're insane. You're acting like a madman. Yeah, you're having a nervous breakdown. Yeah." But so he goes home and then RDJ basically puts his partner in an induced coma mm. because his partner apparently takes all the credit, and basically the the two. Helpers we've seen through the entire film, because this this facility that is discovering the secret to immortality has two scientists in the entire mm. building. Yeah, it's it's obviously well established by this stage. Yeah, ten years ten years uh, you know of work, if not longer. They've got what four people on staff. Oh no, there's a fifth guy who was asleep uh, at the cameras. That's true. A fifth yeah. guy that was asleep at the cameras in the middle of the day. Yeah, in the middle of the day. That man is uh, either an insomniac or he's just horrible at his job. Uh, and he's not a fifth member of that company for long after they find that out. Definitely, definitely not. So they, these two scientists we haven't mentioned before, but they are caricatures. Mm. 
One is a bumbling buffoon, mm. and the other one is just a raging bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, that's a beautiful caricature of a, a classic scientist. Yeah, just a ra- raging bitch. Um, and they say to uh, and they say to Robert Downey Jr. when he puts this guy in induced coma, which by the mm. way. This drug will last for months yeah, in this man's system. He says it will be months before he can speak again. So he's he's still he's still conscious, he's still there, but he won't be able to speak for months. Yeah, which apparently will be it will be uh diagnosed as dementia. Mm. Okay. Apparently dementia completely speaking. locks them down until he mm. starts speaking in a couple months. But he says he'll have control by then. Sure. But they're like, Oh, we never signed up for this. And Robert Downey says, but of course you'll get some of his share. And they go, okay. Mm. They, they Money is the great swear of this They film. are immoral caricatures. Mm. So they find out that he snuck in and knows their secret. Mm. So they go capture him. At, at his house as well. At his house. And Baxter, you know what? You know where he was? He was just across the road. And he, and he just he couldn't do anything about it. Because earlier in the film... Tim Allen was chasing a cat mm. and ran in front of Baxter's car. Baxter slams on the brakes. Truck rear-ends Baxter's car, shattering it. Baxter could have died, and his dog was in there as well. Baxter very nearly died. Yeah. Um, we could have witnessed an on-screen death. This That scene uh, we just talked about with Baxter getting damaged also preceded uh, another thing we touched on earlier but didn't finish, which was the strangest out-of-left-field adult joke in the film. <laughs> yeah. Which was, he, Tim Allen was in the pound, um, and they come and rescue him, thinking he's Kaiang Po, or mm. Shaggy, as they call him. Mm. And you hear the thoughts of Tim Allen. Mm. Um, not, that, that's not how they voice. communicate, as, as a dog as well. He's, yeah, it's just he, his voiceover as, a, as, a, as yeah. a thought bubble. And he says, oh, thank God, that Mastiff just sold me for three doggy biscuits. Mm-hmm. And and it takes a moment, and you realise it's like, that's a prison bitch joke. We we <laughs> we looked at each other, uh, and and we thought, wait, hang on. There's a and by that by that stage the the scene had ended. There was a new there's a new scene. Swiftly on to the next one. Yeah. They don't dwell on it. He says it with such cheeriness in his voice. Mm. But it's like, oh my god. What what was happening to you in the pound? Like that's that's horrific. How long had he been there for? That's like yeah, for so quickly that he's already been sold for three doggy biscuits. I've always wondered about the the financial situations of uh, of all the dogs in the pound. Obviously, they show up. Obviously, none of them have wallets. Okay, as far as I understand, but well, uh, I'm they don't sure they don't get visitors or anything. How are they meant to smuggle in contraband like doggy biscuits? Like, well, that's true. I don't know. They, look, <laughs> dogs have their ways. Uh, that clearly, as we see in this film, yeah, they do, and they've they've got their ways to get in. Not one, but three doggy biscuits. So that that mastiff is clearly uh clearly has a bit of a power power hungry crisis right now, so, especially considering his dog just his his thing that we just sold for three doggy biscuits is now just left. Oh, he's he's out of pocket. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, You're like what what can you do about that? Like that's just that's pure bad luck right there. Yeah, that mastiff will never see uh, the light of day again. Is all we'll say. <laughs> Poor kid. It's violent. In yeah. the pound. It's a it's a dog eat. They dog don't call world. it the pound for nothing. <laughs> so after after all this happens, they go to Tim Allen's house, um, to capture him, mm. to study him, mm. because they discover that he can turn into a dog. And in one of the strangest CG choices, he comes out of the house mm. as a dog, jumps, mm. um, over the steps, and kind of a and gets hit by a cattle prod. Hair goes everywhere. Mm. You know, you see the shockwave coming out. Slow motion. And then slow motion. And it's it's maybe like 
an 80 degree like matrix kind of, turn almost matrix turn, but it's nowhere near 180 degree 360 degree it's just mm. a small little pie slice yeah of camera movement that probably just, was honestly about one tenth if not more of the budget like objectively speaking I, I i wanted to try and exaggerate and be like oh that was like 99 percent of the budget honestly it was probably about 10 percent of the budget that that individual five second scene it looked decent it yeah exactly that's why it was 10 percent of the budget it looked thoroughly decent yeah it, it looked possible ki- for a mid-2000s disney channel movie. it looks kind of cool but it had no reason to be there no it had no reason to be there so he gets captured thrown in the trunk yeah carted off mm. to just the in a normal car as well they're just in like no- get in and the kids are chasing him out of the house this is just after they've discovered his dad because he's mm. finally been able to spell out with scrabble i am dead and without, they're very the- believing immediately yeah without but- the kids messing it all up again yeah stupid kids. so he runs out of the house because he mm. smells the other dog peeing on his yard gets mm. zapped and the kids i don't know maybe their feet are made of lead because mm. it takes them a solid like minute to get out of the house maybe they also go in slow motion when he goes in slow motion too and they get stuck for a little bit longer that's that's true yeah it could it could have been anything or maybe they're packing up scrabble that's yeah that's true they're like well hang on we can't leave this here i mean dad's gonna be back anytime Despite the fact, fine, yeah. They've just figured out that, he's, just figured that out they've this. just found their dad. So, Tim Allen goes to, um, gets taken to the facility mm. while the girl calls Trey. Mm. Who's got a car. Who's got a car. Yeah. A very cool car, according to Spencer. But, and no one else. So, he arrives and Robert Downey Jr. is there being all moderately villainous. Mm. Um, kind of looking very high strung, like he doesn't want to be there in real life. Mm. Um, and he probably didn't, to be honest. And Tim Allen bites him on the hand. Mm. And he goes, ah, you mongrel or something. Mm. And then buggers off. Yep. So yeah. court, because he's got a court date. Yeah. But he, but the, the effects are pretty immediate for him. So because, and we, we said this earlier, obviously patient zero. You know, we, we've had the, 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 you know, shaggy dog biting, biting Tim Allen. Becomes a dog, right? We get Tim Allen biting Robert Downey Jr. Then immediately he already starts scratching behind his ears. And I'm like, oh no, hang on. This is this is it. This is the epidemic. This is where it all this is where it all goes downhill. Because now we've got not one, not two, but now we've got three carriers of this of this horrific disease. We've more, more because the whole lab is filled with Kayang Po animal hybrids. That's true. This frog dog. Yeah. This snake dog. Mm. These mice dog. Mm. These rabbit dog. Chimpanzee dog. Mm. This capuchin monkey dog. Mm. These and as you said, the rabbit dogs mm. and. All of them have Kayang Po's uh, genetic makeup, which has been established to... It works. Yes. They live for a long time. It reverts cell degeneration. Mm. One year um, human time... Like, seven years human time Mm. is one year body age. It's like the super soldier serum. Sort of. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite as potent. Not quite... No, the super soldier serum isn't quite as potent. Mm. Sorry. Yeah, this this one's even stronger. The super soldier serum... Isn't as potent. Mm. It's, it's even a, stronger. It, oh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the Kayangpo, all of a sudden, it's going to be infinitely stronger. This see, if Captain America got injected with this, he would become the best goddamn superhero ever. Because not only would he live forever, mm. but f- when he was fighting Thanos, could have bitten Thanos, and Thanos would have been a dog. Yeah. Then Giant Man. Yeah. Squish. Would you would you step on this dog to save the universe? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Every time. Thanos dog. Thanos dog. So now that they're all done. Uh, we can we can finally get to the culmination of, of this whole film, I believe. Is that is that is this the end? Whoa, whoa, 
you almost forgot about the important part where he needs to turn back into a human to open the cage. He does. So Kaiang Po teaches them to find inner peace. Mm. Because and it's really important. All the animals do the, you know, kind of praying symbol. Mm. Hands Tim- together. That's the prayer hands emoji for all of you, uh, all of you youngsters out there. As Tim Allen reverts to normal form, mm. bands the animals together mm. to um to save each other. Yeah, and and they all escape, and then they come back and save him when he's caught. And it's it's a very kind of bog standard kind of. Oh look, the the hero, you know, the people he hated are now the things he saved, mm. kind of thing. All of them carriers of this disease, by the way. Yeah, and they all conveniently get into one car, so we can count out what about ninety five percent of the carriers in a single, in a single vehicle. Yeah, so they escape. Um, after the girl Spencer and Trey in uh, his really cool car, in his really cool car, according to Spencer and no one else, steal Shaggy. Yes. Because they think it's dad. Mm. And the dog keeps barking and they're like, Oh, daddy, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to show mummy. And they're like, fucking idiots. Stupid kids. Really can't tell the difference. Even Trey knew, Between I reckon. Two, yeah. Trey, you could see it on the actor's face. Just, who are these idiots? Mm. Who are these complete buffoons? I honestly think, I don't think he realized he was on camera. I, I Just as a side note, I don't think he realized he was on camera. Yeah. He was he was kind of just looking around. He's I don't not, think he was he wasn't looking at the road. My girlfriend is having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> so, you know, that happens. They show up at Mum's work and at they're Mum's like, work, "Look at this, it's our dad." Which I want to as a side note, they uh open up the computer mm. uh in Mum's cubicle mm. and it's an empty word document apart <laughs> from one title which says Osborne. Make of that what you will, Green Goblin aficionados. We've uh, all we'll say is uh, this ain't this ain't the last you've heard of Norman. All I've got to say is I'm gonna get you, Spider Man. Yeah. The the other thing that I really wanted to say was uh, Godspeed, Spider Man. And then you know the dog clearly isn't dead. He can't type because he's a dog. Mm. Um, and then Tim Allen rings in the car, and this is the first shot you get at the car, filled with the snake, the mice, all sorts of creatures. The disease. The, the the plague. Yeah, this is, this is literally a vehicle carrying it to downtown as well. I, I might add it. Yeah, it's ha- LA, right? Uh, it's unspecified. Okay, it's a city. So it's half a mile out. Yeah, and there's a lot of goofy physical comedy mm. with the with the animals. They're jumping around, flying around, doing all the things the animal does. The chimpanzee has sunglasses on upside down. Yeah, and classic. he's talking to his wife like, "Meet me at the courthouse at eight with all this stuff, and the animals. Uh, you know, uh, acting out, and he's like, stop that, stop that. And the wife's like, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, this is the part where her acting is really bad. Mm. This is where her eyebrows really start to go out of control. Yeah, her eyebrows go really out of control. And she's like, you better explain things. And she sounds like she's really phoning it in. Mm. Really phoning it in. Um, so he gets stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah. Half a mile away from the city center, as conveniently displayed by a sign that says, half a mile to city center. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure every good city would have. And then gets out of the car and says, don't do not do anything to it, mm. to the animals. To the animals. Yeah, who I'm sure all understand him perfectly well. And then runs, full pelt, turns into a dog, jumps over a bypass, mm. luckily onto a bus that says courthouse. Mm. Runs to the courthouse. This is the perfect case of show, don't tell. We're not being told that it's the courthouse, but we're being shown 
on the bus front that it's the courthouse. That that's where they go. And he arrives at the courthouse, rides with his wife. Mm. She has a hard time believing it, but puts all the pieces together. Mm. He barks, "I love you." Uh, they hug, they kiss, and as they slowly pan, and Tim Allen is naked on the courthouse steps. Mm. In front of it, in, in front of so just to just to reiterate what what James has just said here. There is a courthouse. It's a place where legal proceedings occur daily, uh, if not hourly. This is a place where the law is upheld. And one of the laws in most countries, I'm not sure if all countries, but most countries, uh, involves public nudity. Okay? Just uh, bear with me. Public nudity is, uh, is a crime. Being the assistant, uh, assistant DA at this point as well, I'm sure he would definitely have lost his job for that. He was, oh, despite the fact that he was, look, regardless of how close he was to the promotion, doesn't matter. He would have absolutely lost. You his strut job. around naked anywhere, you lose that promotion. Trust me. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I. We, this is exactly how we both ended up here. You know, the law's the law, and now that we know, we can judge Tim Allen for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the most obscene thing in that scene is his uh, son mm. after seeing his mum and dad make out, which no twelve-year-old wants to see, mm. and his dad naked, mm. balls which hanging. No out. one wants to see. No one wants to see. Tim Allen of all people. Mm. He goes, that's so cool. Mm. No, Spencer, it isn't. The shark has been jumped right there. That's exactly when I was like, you know what? Disbelief is just through the roof right now. I honestly could not could not support Spencer any further than I already hadn't up until this point in the movie. He, Spencer is really our main antagonist. He does everything <laughs> wrong. And yet we're still supposed to root for him anyway. Mm. It feels like a very unfocused film. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., yes. He committed animal crimes. Mm. And if that's all he had done, I would have given him a pass because mm. he discovered immortality. Yeah. Which is incredible. I think that's incredible. definitely... The look, de- look, there's risk in science. He's not Joseph Mengler. He's not researching. He's not stitching people together. Mm. He experimented on mice, frogs, snakes. He, he, there were no cats. There were no higher form creatures he was doing it on. No dolphins. No dolphins. Mm. Which, Dog Dolphin, should have been an addition. Should have been a thing. Maybe um, in the second film. And I think Disney realised this when they made him induce his partner into a long-form coma where he is awake and conscious and it's a living, <laughs> breathing nightmare. <laughs> it's, look, there's nothing, there's nothing particularly satisfying about that scene. Actually, speaking of as well, did that guy like what happened to that guy? Is he still? Uh, it's never cleared up. <laughs> he's, he's still so yeah. He, still here we move in his quick, swiftly to the end of the film. Mm. Uh, Tim Allen, you know, gets reaccepted by Danny Glover for no reason. Mm. Um, then proceeds to show that Robert Downey Jr. is part dog. Yes, after he bit him. After he bit him uh, in the courtroom, he throws a baton after being let out, mm. and Robert Downey Jr. chases it and picks it up in his mouth. Yeah, and here's my question. So, they 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 accused him of doing experiments on dogs. Yep. Okay, he's acted like a dog. Robert Downey Jr. Jr.'s acted like a dog. Yep. This isn't proof of anything. No, I don't. I don't believe so either. Uh, but everyone seems to act like he's arrested. It's just incriminating taken evidence it's that incriminating he picked up a he, baton. Yeah, he he chased after a baton and had a tail. He yeah. could have just brought his first first suit to work. Yeah, maybe he accidentally popped out of the back of his pants. Like, yeah, it happens to the best of us. Everyone seems to, uh, you know cheer, clap, think that this guy has been incriminated against. Mm. And I, we're just sitting here like, 
I don't get it. Yeah. But, but also, nothing happened. And also, at what point did the, the crowd switch on Robert Downey Jr.? He was he was pretty pretty well respected. He was pretty well supported. And then all of a sudden, he gr- gr- grows a tail. They kind bingo, of, bango, they, they all laugh at him. Yeah. Not that, like, he's clearly, like, this man is in distress. And they're laughing like a gaggle of school children. Mm. And I think this is a good time to bring up Robbie Downey Jr.'s faces. Yeah. Which is both the highlight and the low light of the film. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's, he, he delivers every line very strangely. Mm. Like, every line is from a different film. Yeah, every, every line is kind of from, like, a different point in Robert Downey Jr.'s life. Yeah, so, like, it, his cadence will jump and his facial expressions, even when he's not turning into a dog, mm. are... Basically, spasms of muscle, like erratic, to say the yeah. absolute least. It's yeah. it's bizarre, and it looks like it's he's putting effort in, but simultaneously, but it's the wrong effort, putting nothing in. Mm. It it's he he he's terrible in the film. I would say he gets arrested, he's let out. Uh, Tim Allen's let out, goes to talk to his family. She's mm. he says to his wife, "We're going on vacation to uh, Oahu, Oahu, yeah, Oahu." Uh, yeah, they say it. Uh, quite a few times actually throughout the film and by the end of it they finally get to a green screen um i'd like to say unless they blew the rest of the budget the rest of the 90 percent. this isn't an adam sandler film i'm pretty sure it's green screen okay and you can tell because the final shot of the film Mm. amazing yeah it is the worst cgi rendition of a dog i've ever seen on a surfboard Mm. shredding a wave yeah oh ripping it up film ends that's it. That's that's the shaggy yeah. dog. We see like what Tim Allen jumps for a, a frisbee, J- yeah, freeze he, frame. That's it. Yeah, he, he his son goes, Dad, go along, and he throws the frisbee, and his dad jumps like rigid body, mm. grabs the frisbee, freeze frame, done. Yeah. Then our friend Akon shows up in the final scenes, or in the final in the in the final number of the the movie rather uh, during the credits, and tells us all how we should be feeling. Yeah. Like a big dog. Woof. Hey. There we go. And just like that, sorry, we didn't we wanted to play the song, but uh I feel like copyright still exists in this day and age. I I doubt anyone would want to claim the Shaggy Dog, but mm. if they do, mm. we'll avoid it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the Shaggy Dog. Yeah, that's the that's the end of the film. That's um look we we did wait to the after the credit scene. Uh obviously being the first in the uh the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um and what we were met with was um, a uh, a black screen. So clearly, I don't know. Someone there was some someone was to blame for this, and I quite I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Probably Spencer Breslin. I'm not going to lie. Here after the film is where I want to bring up my biggest problem with the film. Sure. My biggest issue, the most disturbing thing. Mm. The film ends, mm. and we're oh they're a happy family. Yep. Now, I said earlier, Kayang Po. Every seven years is one year in his body. Mm. And it's established that all things he's injected also live that. Oh, no. Now, Tim Allen has been bitten. Yes. He's maybe 50 Mm. in the film. His lifespan is now enormous. He will watch (laughs) his children go old and die. He he will watch his wife wither and die as he stays, you know, moderately healthy. Virtually the same. Yeah. And that's horrifying. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I I know we had said during the we had said during the movie we knew we knew that the Shaggy Dog itself would uh would would live would outlive the family. 
Which, look, okay, it's obviously, that's also quite harrowing, but we're like, okay, at the end of the day, it's a dog. And it, it, it's probably not the first time it's happened to this guy. Or to this dog, rather. But, for Tim Allen, this is a, this is a man who has finally reconnected with his family. And within the next, what, 10 years? He's going to think to himself, hang on, I have not, I've barely changed. Like, almost nothing has changed. Seven, it, seven, seven uh, 10 years? Mm. That's like barely, barely over, a just year. over a year. Exactly. And then what? You know, add an extra, what, 30 years? He, like, his, his wife is going to be pushing it. And then his kids, probably as old as him. And what? He's going to be exactly the same. So, to get to his age mm. of maybe, let's say, 80, he died 80. Mm. That's 30 years past mm. 50. Mm. Now, if Multiply it takes that seven, by seven? If it take, yeah, if it takes seven years to yeah. age, you know, one year, then thirty times seven, mm. that's two hundred and ten. Two hundred and ten. He will live another two hundred and ten years, mm. seeing his wife die, his children die, his grandchildren die. It's dark. What a beautiful existence! Wow. And that's... and the only way to avoid it is to bite his wife and children and. Transform into this horrific existence where you are half dog, half man. And they'll all just be consistently turning into dogs for the rest of their lives. So what do you do? Yeah. What do you what do you do in that situation? Tim really the shaggy what dog. What did you do, Tim Allen? How did you solve this problem? Please respond to us. We'd like to know. Oh god. As we never got a follow up and the shaggy dog really is a question about what do we do with our family when we live for another two hundred and ten years? It's it, honestly, it's a terrifying experience. So, but he's been living with it, and so I'm sure he'll be sharing words of wisdom with us soon. And what else was a terrifying experience? This film. It was terrifyingly null and void of anything substantial. Look, I think obviously there were a couple of pros and cons. I, I I'm gonna, I, I want to quickly run through a couple of couple of cheeky points here. Okay. So obviously, one of the be- one of the best pros, Baxter, phenomenal. That's all I'm gonna say about him. We've That's already, a good point. We've already covered him. And uh, I would say cons, admittedly, RDJ. He was, I think he was a con of the film. He, was, he, was, he brought it down a lot. Considering, considering how much time there, were, there was for him and considering how high hopes I had for him, he was not good. It, it really, it, he really got acting lessons in those two years. God, I hope so. Or yeah. either acting lessons or, you know, some stroke medication. Mm. To yeah. fix whatever was going on with his face and his voice. There was just a whole lot happening right there. The CG, for the most part, was like... There was good and bad. So, we can we can put that as a net neutral. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I think it's... Uh, I think it's, it's... It sounds like that's about... That's about as much as we've, we've got to say on that matter. Our final verdict... I wouldn't go out of your way to see this again. If mm. It's probably best left in your memory mm. as something much funnier than it actually is. Like, it's it's been a couple hours now since we watched it, mm. and it's just, most of it's faded from my memory. So there's, there's a few good bits that stick around, but overall, a, a thoroughly mediocre family film that's really not going to stick around, especially if you hold it in any sort of regards in terms of fun joking around. Yeah. So now that we've now that we've torn it apart for the best part of an hour to an hour and a half, we can just say, "Nah, eh, don't worry about it. Just just enjoy it as you as you remembered it." I think that's a I think that's about as much as we can say. Yeah, enjoy it through this podcast. Yeah. Um and no other medium. And yeah, 
don't go to any other medium. Not even to the, the DVD itself. It's just not worth it. Yeah. It's really not worth watching this film. Yeah, so I'm going to put this one back up on the shelf and uh, we can hopefully never have to put that... We don't, we don't have to put that anywhere other than this shelf. That's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's... Uh, that's the shaggy dog. Yeah, that's it. And closing thoughts, very final closing thoughts. The dog that played Kaiang Po, it's dead now. There we go. Shutter